Welcome to the Get Pregnant Now podcast. I am so excited to introduce today's very special guest. She has helped hundreds of women around the world to overcome fertility struggles. She's helped them get pregnant with her specialized body and mind fertility methods. Get ready to be inspired by Saskia herself, the founder of the Get Pregnant Now podcast. There is hope, there is help. And during this episode today, you are going to learn new ways to increase your fertility. And Saskia is gonna share with you some of her best kept fertility secrets to help you become a mom. Imagine what if you can get pregnant? What if you aren't too old? What if now is actually the perfect time for you to get pregnant? Today, you are going to learn how. You don't have to go through this fertility journey alone because there is help and Saskia is here today to help you herself. So pour yourself a glass of tea or coffee, cuddle up on the couch for the next nine minutes. This episode's only gonna be nine minutes long. It's short, it's to the point because after all, nine months to motherhood is all it takes. So let's get ready and dive in. Saskia, take it away. I have experienced many miracles and I am sure you have too. However, I want to share this personal story with you because it proves the body-mind connection beyond a shadow of a doubt. Emotional trauma can and does impact your physical body. Unresolved emotional trauma can hinder your body from healing or from conceiving your child. So. Here's what happened to me. I went on a beautiful vacation in Europe with my 88-year-old mom and my daughter, and we had long dreamed about this three-generation trip. And the vacation, it was perfect. We had such a good time. My 88-year-old mom, she was amazing. We walked at least 12,000 steps a day. We visited museums, cathedrals. Um, we could barely keep up with my mom's pace and her sense of adventure to explore the city. And we spent so much time laughing and so much time having fun. Um, and we vowed to do this again. And it really felt like a dream. Now, on the plane home, I was daydreaming about how perfect our time together was. Uh, the flight was really uneventful. Um, we flew through this cloudless sky for two and a half hours. I sat most of the time in reverie, feeling so blessed that my mom was in such a good condition. The plane landed on time and within a split second, the the, the daydream became a nightmare. I watched how the stewardess got a call from the cabin crew and her whole facial expression changed. I saw her whole energy shift. She hung up and all hell broke loose. She, she began to scream and we had barely touched down. She began to scream, evacuate, evacuate, evacuate. Now suddenly we're in a life-threatening situation and we had a one minute to get out. My mom was sitting one row behind me and my daughter was sitting in the middle of the plane. 
and I could not see her or reach her. So I get out of my seat as fast as I could. And I reached over to get my mom. And she wasn't fully aware of what was going on, apparently. And everybody was screaming and everybody's yelling and everybody was suddenly in survival mode. And I tried to get my mom out of her seatbelt, but the seatbelt was stuck. Everybody screamed at us, move, move, move. And they climbed past us, tumbled over us, over the seats to get out. And they, they were fighting for safety. And finally, I got my mom free. I yanked her out of her seat. And the stewardess kept yelling, evacuate, evacuate, evacuate. But there was no sound of the pilot's cabin. The cabin didn't say anything. There was no communication. We had no idea what was going on, except that we had to get out now. And yeah, you can only imagine. We were in a life-threatening situation and we, we had to get out. I could not see my daughter. I knew that they only had two slides, one on the back, one on the front of the plane. And her seat was in the middle, like right in the middle, in the worst possible situation I heard later. Now, I got to the front and I slid as fast as I could down the slide. I wanted to be able to catch my mom. I landed on my sacrum and then I turned to get my mom, but there were so many people tumbling out of the plane on top of my mom. My mom slid down. She um, she she came down and she lay down on the tarmac with bleeding legs. The skin was completely off her legs. I ran and I tried to get her up to get her as far away from the plane as possible. And then I left her and I went looking for my daughter, but I couldn't find her. And I was so torn. I, I ran back and forth and back and forth to check on my mom and then look, where's my daughter? Because, you know, where is she? I, I didn't see her from the slides. Later, she told me that she had to jump from the wing to get to safety. She was one of the last passengers of that flight. Now, fast forward 36 hours later, I'm back in the airport and boarding my plane home to America. I had no idea how I would respond being back at the airport or back in the plane. In fact, I was actually really calm to my own surprise because I thought, you know what, if it's my time, I will go, but I'm never going to experience that sense of terror, that sense of chaos that I had felt 36 hours before. Now, when I was home in America, I began to experience lower back pain and it got worse and worse over the next days. And I went to the chiropractor and he assured me it's going to be fine in, in a week's time, probably a lot better. Instead, the pain got worse, so worse that I could barely walk. And for six weeks, I spent much of my time on the couch in the house and I mean, well, yeah, I had two massages a week. I went to the chiropractor twice a week. I took good supplements. I did everything for the physical to heal faster. And I was hopeful that my immobility would soon subside. One day I go back after about six weeks again to the chiropractor and he looks at me and he's like, mm, something is not right. 
you should be a lot better, a lot more mobile by now. So we have to look deeper. We have to check in your emotional body. And he tested me and see if I was holding emotional trauma in my body. No surprise, I was holding a lot of unprocessed grief and sadness. And it was all related to the flight evacuation. In that session with the chiropractor, he released the emotional trauma of my grief, my loss and my sadness. And then after he said to me, okay, now walk. And I said, like, what do you mean, walk? And he said, well, we released the emotional trauma. So now show me how you walk. It was absolutely amazing. It took me five minutes to walk into his office, like really shuffling. It took me five seconds to go out and, and I was elated. I mean, it was a 90-minute drive back from the chiropractor's office and I cried all the way home. And everything like clicked for me. And of course, I had unprocessed emotional trauma in my body that was impacting the healing of my back. In my mind, yes, I had moved on and I wasn't aware that the trauma was, was blocking my healing to move forward. I mean, I'm amazed at the wisdom and beauty of how our emotional body is so seamlessly connected to our physical body. And once again, I saw if there is emotional trauma in your body, it can hinder the natural state of your health from being immobile. I became mobile again. My unexplained immobility was suddenly explained and I could move forward instead of being stuck. The irony is, of course, healing the emotional body is this major part of, major part of the work I'm doing. And I have experienced a lot of amazing happy mom stories over the last two decades, but I had never experienced this myself, a body-mind miracle, in such a remarkable, fast way. And in fact, the hardest part was that my mind, my mind could barely grasp it because it happened so fast. And it was clear to me that I had unexplained infertility. And of course, I've inv invented this word. <laughs> However, it explains so clearly how it's related to unexplained infertility. And that's why I share this with you. It's hard to believe that I didn't process the trauma from the plane, maybe. But I didn't. And as a result, it showed up in my body. And I shuffled around in extreme pain for six weeks, barely moving. And it, it took the sharp eye of the chiropractor, my own blind spot, that we have to look in the emotional body because the healing should have taken place a lot earlier. Now, in my work, I know it's true. And I know it's true for my clients. But it was such a complete blind spot for me. And I learned again that firsthand, emotional trauma can stay hidden because you think I'm over it. You think I've dealt with it in therapy and you want to want to get on with your life. However, if you haven't processed the emotion, even though you think you do, they're still in your body. Just as I had unexplained immobility, you can have unexplained infertility. Now a word from our sponsor. 
If you have been struggling with infertility for years, before you give up hope for your baby, take this quick free quiz to figure out what might be blocking you from getting pregnant. GetPregnantQuiz.com. Again, that is GetPregnantQuiz.com. Now back to our podcast. Now, the good news is that you can resolve this. And there are many factors involved, of course. But if you can release the emotional blocks and change your mindset and therefore change the chemistry of your body, you open up to the possibility of getting pregnant. And no matter how long you've been waiting, maybe you've done a lot of inner work too, but maybe there is a blind spot, something, a fear, a belief, a trauma that is still lingering in your body. And I do know one thing, waiting does not work. I cannot imagine where I would have been. And I've worked with women who've waited sometimes nine years. And truly, waiting does not work. You have to take the first step. And you could think, I wait for another year. Or you could click the link below. If you're still struggling, I love to help you become a mom. Sweet baby whispers. <laughs>